Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you are having a wonderful day so far. I've got some great, great topics today, great questions. Thank you so much for sending in your questions, what you want to hear about, what's on your mind, what you want to hear discussion around, because I've said it before, I'll say it again. This really is your show. So whatever it is that you need to get to the next level, to stay more consistent, tell me what that is and we will talk about it. I'm going to give the winner on today's episode a choice. And it's a choice between two things that I would have a tough time uh, thriving without. And uh, they're both supplements. One is Sleep Plus. The other is Relief Plus. Sleep Plus obvious for sleep, all natural. The thing I like about it is that it does not contain melatonin. I'm not personally a big fan of melatonin, but if you love it, that's totally fine. The reason I'm not personally a big fan is because melatonin is a hormone. And when we supplement with it, it often reduces our body's own production of it. And I don't like to supplement in those ways. So Sleep Plus is amazing. It is an all-natural sleep support supplement that does not contain melatonin. And then Relief Plus, I've done full episodes on this. I love it so much. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory, which isn't just something for knee pain, though I take it for that, and it made my knee pain go away after months of suffering. But it is also for the systemic inflammation that we might not see or feel, I'm a huge fan. I take it every single day, no matter what. So the winner on today's episode is going to choose. You can have Sleep Plus if that's more your thing or Relief Plus. And for those of you that don't win on today's episode, I'll make sure to put links in the show description so you can check it out if you want to. The first question is a personal one and we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Uh, It's actually a few questions in one. I don't know if you can hear Roman fussing in the background. It's almost his bedtime. He's hanging out with dad. A few personal questions from an individual who just wanted to hear about my weight loss journey. The questions are, can you update us on your weight loss progress? Are you using GBX Fit? Do you think it's helpful? And how much weight do you want to lose? Let's unpack all of it. Let's unpack all of it. So I am recording this on February 8th. No. February 9th, Wednesday, February 9th. So we're nine days into February 
and I'll tell you how much weight I'm down in February. And I'll also tell you why I'm using the scale when I don't really like the scale. So I am down exactly six pounds in nine days. Um, with hydration staying stable. So my scale tells me my hydration. So that's not uh, changing as a, it's, it's remained the same percentage. So as my weight has gone down, the hydration percentage changes a little accordingly. Um, so I can tell from the scale that that's fat mass. Um, so I'm down, what did I say? Exactly six pounds in the first nine days of February, which I feel really, really good about. Um, if you haven't heard me talk about this, I am in a weight loss phase right now because I actually officially stopped nursing Roman. I nursed him for eight and a half months. He's nine months, one week right now. And uh, even before I stopped nursing, I really wanted to be losing weight because I was still hanging on to weight from my pregnancy with Dagny, plus then weight from my pregnancy with Roman. And I just wasn't feeling as good as I want to feel. While I was nursing, though, I was having a lot of trouble losing weight. My body just wasn't responding the way that I thought that it would, the way that it has before. When I added GBX Fit, that absolutely helped. It made a big difference. I did a whole episode on that and the mechanisms of action. So that definitely helped. And then at the very end of January, I started this experiment that I'm doing for the sake of inflammation in the body, for the sake of getting pregnant and losing weight. And it's kind of a, I won't even really call it carnivore because that's not really fair. I'll call it animal-based. Uh, an animal-based experiment that I'm planning on doing for about a month, in part because of a weight loss goal, in part because I love experiments, and in part because I want to get pregnant again. And I think that it could help a lot with inflammation. So the combination of GBX Fit and this um, animal-based eating, I feel really, really good about my progress. So yes, I am using GBX Fit. Yes, I think it's helping not only even before I stopped nursing, it jump-started weight loss for me that felt really stagnant uh, since Roman was born. But what I'm also noticing now is I, I feel like it's helping a lot with cravings, which is a very welcome thing. How much weight do I want to lose? I don't know. I don't know. The reason I'm using the scale when I don't typically feel like that's a really great measurement, um, in the past I've liked pictures and I've liked physical measurements. However, being so close postpartum, uh, it's weird because my hips are bigger and then when I stopped nursing, my boobs were a lot smaller and that had nothing to do with weight. So I felt like the measurements were going to um, kind of be a little misleading. Plus, I think the more weight you have to lose, the better the scale is. When you get closer to your goal weight, the harder the scale is, and that's when pictures and measurements become a lot a lot uh, more accurate. But also, for me, I'm not emotionally caught up in the scale. I know that it's not a linear journey. Even when I might be consistent as the day is long, our bodies aren't calculators. So hydration status and sleep and stress and all of those things play a role. So I'm really, while I'm paying attention, 
on a more micro level, I'm really interested in what's the trend, say, in a month or over a couple of weeks. And if you're somebody who gets all freaked out because you get on the scale and it's up two pounds from yesterday and then it's down a half a pound the next day and you're like playing this game and you're all emotionally invested in it, if you can't change your mindset about it, just stay off scale and use something else. So back to the question of how much weight do I want to lose? I don't really know because... And I don't care. Like I don't feel like I need to know that. I'll, I'll kind of know when I feel like I don't want to lose more weight. Um, but number one, I want to get pregnant again. So I don't have my mindset on like, I want to lose 40 pounds. Um, because, you know, if I were to get pregnant in a month or two, I'm not going to be bummed that I might not lose as much weight because I'm growing a baby. Knock on wood. That would be an amazing thing to have to face. Um the other thing is I lost some muscle in my pregnancies and then after C-section recovery both times. So thinking like, oh, I want to be at this weight that I was at before I got pregnant with Dagny is probably not realistic, uh, meaning I might want to be lower than that because I'm not carrying as much muscle. But at the same time, I'm also putting muscle back on. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And my thought process is, I don't have to figure out, like, I'm trying to lose X amount of pounds. What I know is right now I still want to be losing weight, so I'm still working on that. And I just keep checking in with myself. I'll get to a point where I don't feel like I want to lose more weight. Cool. Done. All right. The next question is, and guys, I'm, I'm happy to answer those personal questions. If it's ever something that I'm uncomfortable answering, and I, I really can't even think of questions that have fallen into that category very often in the last seven years on the podcast, just throw it out there. Just ask. The next question is, what are your thoughts on intuitive eating? I think it comes down to what does intuitive mean to you? Because to me, intuitive is I eat when I'm hungry, I stop when I'm full, and I felt like I was doing that when I was over 350 pounds. But because of my hormonal dysregulation, because of the things that I was eating that were creating hormonal dysregulation and hormonal dysregulation that was impacting what I was eating, I wasn't staying satisfied for very long and I had a ton of cravings. And so by a lot of people's definition of intuitive, I was eating intuitively when I was at my heaviest. I wasn't eating the best foods. I was I was giving my body more fuel than it needed, but I was genuinely hungry shortly after eating almost all of the time. You know, I would have, I would go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and I would have chicken biscuit and chicken minis and hash browns and a Diet Coke and I would be hungry two hours later. And so a lot of intuitive eating is listening to your body's cues and responding, but we have to keep in mind that a lot of times our body's cues are out of whack. And I talked about that in episode 951 where we were talking about how being overweight is a symptom of another problem, which could be a gut problem, which could be a hormonal problem, it could be both, could be all sorts of things. So the challenge that I have with intuitive eating from my own experience with my body and my experience in working with clients is that a lot of people's intuition is really off. And to retrain your intuition, you know, what, what is intuitive for me now is very, very different from what intuitive was to me eight, nine, ten years ago. 
to create a new baseline, we often need discipline. I think the idea sounds great. Intuitive eating, listen to your body. But at times, that can really lead us down a, a slippery slope. I've, I've given this example before. When I was growing up, we had cereal in the cabinet that was considered a healthy breakfast. And I would have a bowl of cereal with skim milk. And I swear, before my bowl even hit the sink, I was hungry again. Maybe not literally, but within 30 minutes, 60 minutes, certainly an hour and a half, two hours, I was legitimately hungry again. So the intuitive eating approach would be like, well, if you're hungry, listen to your body. It wasn't that I needed more food. I didn't need more calories. My body didn't need more energy. What I needed was blood sugar stabilization. But I had no idea at that time what that meant or what eating that way would look like. So for some people, that can be a brilliant approach, intuitive eating. But for other people, their intuition is so off and it has been for so long that I, I think that they need something more clear, more linear, not this many calories, this many macros. I've done tons of episodes on the flaws that I see in those things. But yeah, that's my thought on intuitive eating. All right. Somebody asked, do you have any advice on helping my new clients get in the correct mindset? I think I'm going to have them listen to your book before their first kit arrives. I'm so excited. I can't wait for my copy to come in. I'll definitely read it before you decide if you're going to have your clients read it. For helping other people with their mindset, I think first you must do a boat ton of mindset work for yourself. There's a real big difference between, and it doesn't matter what we're talking about here, there's a big difference between teaching something you understand intellectually, and teaching something that you have a lot of experience with personally. So for example, intellectually, I can understand a lot about weightlifting. I can understand things that are good, things that are not good, form stuff, cues, different things that I've read about. I have my CrossFit Level 1 certification. Uh, I, I can understand it intellectually. Would I be a great weightlifting coach? No. No, I wouldn't because I don't have a ton of experience in that. I, I've certainly worked with coaches before, but I don't know. I would just really pump the brakes on helping anybody with mindset until you've just done a tremendous amount of mindset work yourself. Uh, with that said, I use questions. I have a very Socratic method of working with my clients, and Socratic refers to uh, the philosopher and asking questions as a way of moving in different directions because I feel that you can give somebody a new perspective and you can give them a solution, but it's not going to be as effective as if they come up with it themselves. Just this week, I got an email from somebody in my mastermind and she shared some challenges and some frustrations and she said, can you help? And I said, absolutely. But I'm going to put the ball back in your court first because you just told me about the problem and you told me about your frustrations, but what you didn't tell me about were any of your ideas for the solution. I 
know that this individual and every individual I've ever worked with has the capability to come up with new ideas and shift their behavior and shift their thinking. But a lot of times they just don't demand that of themselves and they can defer to what does so-and-so think about this or help, what should I do? When we can get better at coming up with our own ideas and our own opinions and our own thoughts, that is a much more powerful starting point than it would be for me to say, well, try this, try that, try the next thing. So really turning it back on people by asking questions, I find to be really, really helpful. Why are habits hard to break? First, what's hard? I've talked about this before that there are certain gifts that came from my daughter's death. Now, I would certainly a million times over rather have her here with me in any way, shape, or form than have the gifts that came from her death. No question about it. They are not worth the loss that I still process 6,000 times every single day. But one of those gifts is the perspective of what hard is. And everybody's perspective on this is going to be different, but I would challenge you to say what is hard. For me, hard is being told that your daughter's heart stopped and she's on ECMO, being told that she's not going to make it, being told you have to say goodbye to her. Hard is speaking at your child's funeral. That's hard. Hard for me was losing a parent. So habits, not hard. It's perspective. Does it take effort? Does it take consistency? Does it take discipline? Sure. But let's, when we feel something is hard, what does hard mean? What is really, truly hard in life versus what requires effort? It's not necessarily the same thing. Requiring effort might not be the same as hard. When I go to the gym and I put myself through a workout of burpees and Bulgarian split squats, that is intense and that is demanding and it is challenging. But where is it on the spectrum of what I call hard? You can do this for yourself. Okay, so whatever the habit is, eating after dinner, drinking more than one glass of wine in the evening, spending more than you make. When you've defined what is really hard, where does that fall on the spectrum? And it's going to shift your perspective. I have to go to the gym after I record this tonight. I don't have to. I'm going to go to the gym tonight. And I don't really want to. But if I say to myself, when it feels hard to have the discipline and put my shoes on and change my clothes and get out the door and be there in the evening when I'd rather, frankly, be in bed... What is that if it's not hard? Well, it just requires discipline. Why does that matter? Why do I want to be disciplined? And then also, another question that I really like to use on this, what would it look like if it was easy? That question alone has opened up so many doors in my life. What would it look like if it was easy? It helped me 
take the step to hire a meal delivery service right after Rowan, Roman was born. Uh, it helped me, gosh, I can think of so many things. It helped me have Chris stay home one day a week. It helped me start doing meal prep. It helped me do things like intermittent fasting and uh, you name it. What would it look like if it was easy? Or how can I make this a little bit easier? It might be more discipline than you're ready to take on right now. So is there a bite-sized piece of it that you can take on? For example, let's just say you're trying to clean up the way that you eat. Because this is one that I've battled infinite numbers of times in my life. You might be trying to go on some strict plan. Maybe you're trying to do Whole30 or keto or intermittent fasting. And if it feels really challenging, it might be that you're not at a place where you're ready to take that much on. So how could you make it a little bit easier? Is there, and there always is, is there an improvement between where I am now and where I feel like I should be that I'm willing to start with? That is a big breakthrough in thinking about what you feel you have to do. All right, this next question says, how do I take control of my eating instead of allowing food to control me? So food can't control you. Your thoughts about food might be all consuming, but see, you're in control. It's not the food. And this is a very powerful distinction. Food cannot tie you to a chair and climb down your throat. So let's go back to the question and read it again. How do I take control of my eating instead of allowing food to control me? The food is inanimate. It cannot control you. What might be controlling you or feel like it's controlling you are your thoughts about food. And this is what it is to become a better thinker. This is what I teach in Breaking Barriers. This is what I teach in 12 Weeks to Transformation. There are a ton of tools, a ton of tools. I'm sure I've done episodes about it. You just have to take advantage of them. First, no, it is you in control. It is not the food in control. The food cannot be in control. It is inanimate. It has no control. It is your thoughts that you feel you're not in control of. And that is what it is to become a better thinker. That is the crux of the last five years of my work here through the 12 Weeks to Transformation and Breaking Barriers and, and certain episodes of the podcast. There's a lot of food and weight questions tonight, which is totally fine, but it's a disproportionate amount. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. I want to know what you want to hear about. Last question, and then we're going to do our giveaway of either Sleep Plus or Relief Plus, your pick, winner's pick. How do I eat like a normal person? How do I eat like a normal person? Well, here's my first thought. Approximately 88% of people in Western civilizations like the United States are not metabolically healthy. So if 88% is normal, right, because the 12% is the minority, I don't want to be normal. Do you? 88% of people are not metabolically healthy. So that is the vast majority. Is that what we call normal? What is normal? That's where it has to start. What is normal? What does normal mean to you? And what you must do here is you must be very specific. You can't think, you, you can't think about it in your mind and just overgeneralize and say, just not binge. Okay, get more specific. Tell me what that means. Don't tell me what it's not. Tell me what it is. 
a lot of times you're going to be tempted to answer this in terms of what it's not. That's not going to be very helpful. It's not, you might think, oh, I don't know, eating like a normal person means not eating my weight in sugar over the weekend. Don't tell me what it's not. Tell me what it is. Once you have answered for yourself what it is very specifically, ask yourself, okay, I've now defined what it would look like to eat what I think is normal for a day. Is there a piece of this that I'm able and willing to take on today? Not all of it. Maybe you feel like you can take on all of it today. Great, do it. But is there a piece of it, maybe from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. that you're able to take on, or maybe from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. that you're able to take on, or maybe you can do 8 to 1? Is there a piece of it that you're able and willing to take on today, but you have to answer it specifically? What would it look like in a day with maximum specificity to eat like a, quote, normal person? But again, I don't want to be normal. This person does define what that means to you. All right, we're giving away your choice of Sleep Plus or Relief Plus. I would have a hard choice. What would I pick? That's a good, that's a good question. Which would I pick? If I had to pick this one or that one, I would probably do Relief Plus. Because it just, I mean, sleep is huge too. Oh, it's so tough. Oh, I'm probably thinking that because in recent months, Relief Plus has just done a huge improvement on my my knee specifically. Um, so that, I don't know. It depends on the day without sleep. Oh, everything's harder. It doesn't matter. I don't have to pick. You have to pick if you are the winner. And the winner is Jennifer1208. If that is the name under which you left a review for this show, Jennifer1208, email me. Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Tell me you were the winner for 958. Include your mailing address and make sure that you email me within 60 days of this episode airing because that is the time frame in which you have to claim your prize. Three ways to win. Every single Saturday, I give something away. And these are, these are things that are 50, 60, 70, 100 bucks or more sometimes. You can leave a review of this podcast. You can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes or Tools for the Trenches on Amazon, or you can post on social media an episode of this podcast that you're listening to or loving. Make sure to tag me so that I see it. Those are the three ways to win. And most importantly, if you've got questions, topics, things you want to hear about, send them to me because I want to help you. Let me know how I can do that. Make it a great day. I'm off to the gym. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable 
It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.